Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks, the podcast about all things sitcom, but mostly about creating and writing them. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And this is Katie Story. Hello. Katie is our producer and comedy adjudicator. Now, uh, she's going to interrupt us at various points, I think, as we discuss uh, specific issues to do with sitcom writing. We've talked about asking what your sitcom's about, what it's really about... Uh, we talked about larger-than-life characters, characters who are essentially monsters and odd couples. Today, we're going to be talking about writing pilot episodes. So you've got your characters, your plots, you've got lots of jokes and lots of ideas. How do you decide which pilot episode to write? James, how do you decide? It is a really... There are lots of schools of thought on this, and I, I think we will cover cover them as the podcast unfolds, he says grandly. Um <laughs> In general, you're looking to, your pilot episode should be showing exactly what your show is. And my overall note, really, if I can beg the listener to do one thing, is to not bore us with backstory, Mm. especially not bore us with characters we will never see again. So I think in general, newbies tend to make the mistake of, Backstory, explaining everything, explaining everything, explaining everything. And actually, you really don't need anywhere near as much setup as you think you do. You don't want to show your character where your characters have been. You want to set up where your characters are trying to go. So I think a forward-looking pilot as much as possible. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I, I had to read um, 30 opening five minutes of sitcoms um, a couple of years ago. And... Um, talk to all the people who'd written them and it was interesting that a lot of the people I spoke to I I made had some thoughts about the various characters and um, the scenes and they a lot of people said oh well that character's not one of the main characters that's just the scene that I wrote Um, and a number of times it made me think well you know you really have to set up who is your character and what's this story about we have to get that from day one we have to get it from scene one um, just just one thought I have before you kind of talk about the specific um, episodes. Um, I just think it's probably worth trying to develop two ske- two uh, pilots, not actually write them, but actually develop two pilot stories. So the important thing is, if you're writing two pilot episodes, is you're concentrating on what's happening to your main character and that's going to stop you from thinking too much about but what the audience don't know where he's from or what age he is or why he's here and what he really wants but you will start to get that well in this episode the character wants x in the next episode the character wants the same x but he wants it in a different way and so you're kind of already moving away aren't you from the backstory and gradually one of those one of these stories will get you more excited so that's that's quite fun as well you're actually competing with yourself to write the episode that you really want to write so that that's just a little bit of advice i'd give ahead of your talking about the things that you need in your pilot and i think you un- i think we underestimate how quickly you can set up a character and how in very broad terms you can say exactly who a character is almost immediately you can tell an awful lot on television at least not doesn't work so well with radio with what they are wearing so the first time you see them what are they doing what are they wearing where are they and how are they reacting to a situation so uh, I can't quite remember uh, I can remember how Bluestone for two started 
but at the centre of it is somebody who is used to bomb disposal. He is not frightened by it. So one way of starting could have been him casually lighting up a cigarette before doing the long walk down towards a bomb. And that tells you, oh, okay, this is a show about bomb disposal. This guy's doing the long walk and he's pretty relaxed about the whole thing. He probably thinks quite a lot of himself. And you've immediately set up an awful lot in in no dialogue, mm-hmm. purely by vision, you've set up uh, an, an awful lot. The uniform helps as well. Uniform definitely helps, but everyone wears a uniform of some sort. So you want to make all of those things work as hard as possible for you so that the moment you see them, they're not doing something boring or every day that everyone does. It's something that only they would do in only the way that they would do it. And therefore you have a quick handle on who this sort of person is. I know you often give the example of uh, the Vicar of Dibley, don't you? That's right, yeah. The Vicar of Dibley uh, doesn't... We, what's her backstory? We have no idea. She simply arrives and, uh, oh my goodness, it's a woman vicar. <laughs> very soon after women vicars were um, allowed by the Church of England. And very quickly you sort of got the sense of, you know, of who this sort of character is. You can do an awful lot very, very quickly. But what, give, given that you obviously do have to get a certain amount of information out, um, certainly in every episode in your, fir- in your first series, don't mm. you? Because we, we, we probably watch more pilots than any other people. Uh, uh, by we, I mean the subset of comedy writers and wannabe writers, yeah. of which there are several hundred maybe. Mm. But that in order to get the millions that you want to watch your sitcom, you probably won't get them at the start of episode one. They'll kind of drift in halfway through episode three, won't they? So they kind of need to drop into any episode don't they and know what's happening yeah although sometimes the first episode gets all the press and so people watch it and then they don't come back till episode four um or or whatever or they don't really remember because they weren't really paying that much attention i have to say i uh don't particularly have to be critical of the work of of others that's on tv at the moment but the first scene in car share made me jump up and down because Mm. you have a man getting lost with a sat nav and that told me nothing about the central character. I, I, I knew after two him two minutes of him getting cross with his sat nav and driving around, I knew nothing about the character. I did know that it was obviously a car based show and blah blah blah, but I felt that was a wasted opportunity. Um, so obviously, you know, Peter Kay is a horribly unsuccessful comedian and he would do well to listen to what someone he's never heard of would say but I thought that was an example of like oh that's that's a surprising choice to make because although it's it is a good way to start with some familiar jokes which is sat navs are a nuisance and can you can get lost with them I would like to have seen him establish the character more clearly um personally Fair enough. But um, so I just rash- so there, there are schools of thought on pilots. How, mu- just- how much information? Given if you if you have to put any information in at all that isn't necessarily um, just the jokes about the character, how, what? How much uh, exposition? How, how what? How can you? What's the best way? Well, to there are there. Are, I think there are a variety of options. Um, and in the old days, I would say of, of BBC comedy. You have often a whole episode of setup, and for example, uh, the Good Life, uh, Martin Bryce. No, that's ever decreasing circles. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom Good Tom from the Good, Good Life. Yes. Um, same <laughs> writers. Yes. Same characters. Yes. Same performer. Yeah. Tom Good, 
turns 40 and has a bit of a midlife crisis, wonders if he's just a cog in a wheel, a cog in a machine. Oh, yes, he's in an office, isn't he? That's right, yeah, he goes to an office that we never see again, and they decide to turn up their um, garden and become... uh, Then that was a normal way of doing it. Another show from the same sort of era is To the Manor Born, where Audrey Forbes Hamilton attends her husband's funeral and loses her enormous house. Now, what's good about those sorts of episodes is you do have an exciting event or story to tell in them. So she loses her house to this um, uh, property, uh, to to this uh, Robert Maxwell-type character. I would say that the BBC had the luxury of doing that because they... In the case of The Man of Born, I think they'd commissioned eight episodes straight off. And so there were only three channels at the time. Mm-hmm. And the nation would darn well watch what the BBC said. <laughs> and so they had this quite set-up episode of To The Man of Born, which was perfectly watchable, I'm sure, and did a very good job. I don't think you get to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think you are regularly put under reasonable pressure to get on with it. And... I think there are good reasons for that because, I, as we've sort of hinted at before, establishing characters and settings that you will never see again, I think, is really wasted time. And also those things often mean if you're a studio sitcom, you might end up shooting stuff on location, which is not ideal. You want as much to take place in the studio as possible. And also you're creating an episode which is going to be unlike all future episodes and I think you really need to give a strong sense of what's going to happen every week. If you are going to give weeks of your life to writing a pilot episode in order to get that show onto the television, I would strongly urge you to make it as representative as possible to the sort of thing that's going to happen every week, rather than the extraordinary episode where the once-in-a-lifetime thing happens that sets up your show. You think um, you, you don't think it's a good idea to have a character who's not a recurring character in a pilot? Yeah, I would avoid them at all costs. Having said that, uh, Mike McShane was in the first few uh, scenes of Bluestone 4-2, and uh, we did that because we knew we were going to shoot him in the head. Because we wanted to show that as a as a show, it was like Jaws, basically. Mm. The film Jaws, a child is eaten by a shark at the start. And what that tells you is, this shark will kill you. And yeah. it does not care. And, we are, and you are going to be frightened of this shark. So what we were trying to do in Bluestone is, this is a war zone. If you take your helmet off and act in a hubristic way, you will die. And so we wanted to show that we weren't... You know, this isn't, it ain't half hot, mum. Um, this isn't uh, Bilko. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this is war. This is MASH. This is MASH. Um, uh, all that kind of, we're trying to yeah. set ourselves in that uh, territory. Yeah. So if if you do have a character you're never going to see again, make them work extremely hard for you and do something to help the show. It was a memorable moment. <laughs> I certainly would say that. <laughs> it was not what I was expecting. No, no. So, But we had a lot of fun with that, and yeah. uh, it, I think it worked for us in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes you do have a... You, there are some sitcoms, though, where, I mean, the, 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 the story... It can it can be it's kind of the same story, isn't it? Every week. So I mean, there's um, one that springs to mind. Um, one that springs to mind is My Name Is Earl. Yes, which I think is a great. What they did in their first episode is they they did a quick setup and then they did a mini episode. So I think that is sort of 
the only option if you want to show backstory is what they do brilliantly is they have Earl Hickey, small-time thief, wins a lottery ticket and is hit by a car four minutes in and then he watches the ticket blow away and he goes to hospital, hears about karma, that's six minutes in, uh, from a from a TV interview sort of thing and then he resolves to make up for all the bad things he's done and he writes a list and so about seven and a half minutes in his his quest is stated that karma stuff is clearly going to kill me unless I make up for everything on that list yeah and so and then 30 seconds later he picks one off the list number 64 picked on Kenny James and we've now got 26 minutes for a little mini episode which is a 60 minute version of what would regularly be a 22 minute yeah so I think that's a really smart way of if you really have to show setup they just compressed it into seven minutes mm. and bang, you're off to the race. I do remember that. Uh, I, I really remember that opening. And um, in fact, I think about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And when I first heard that on the radio and just that amazing idea that, um, well, we're, we're just getting rid of your planet because, you know, it's, the, the, the plans have been up for, for years. You know, what's the problem with this? You know, you, well, you could have complained. They've been up for... for, for 65 millennia you know whatever it was <laughs> yeah yeah and, uh, and I just thought uh, and, and I, I think everybody was felt was were captured by that what's absolutely brilliant it's almost for me the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy it almost can never ever quite capture the total beauty of that moment of sort of describing how how irrelevant what tiny yeah. pathetic creatures we are in the, in the entire cosmos how totally irrelevant yeah. we are and we, we're, our planet is going to be blown away and kind of everything and then, and then it is I mean yeah. that's kind of one of the great yeah. sort of how, how to start your, your, your sitcom blow up the earth yeah. I mean that's yeah. it's quite, quite hard to top that really isn't it no. and then every other version of course it's so uh, there's the movie and of course and that's like the most fantastic opening 10 minutes of a movie and there's the sitcom version and it's the most fantastic opening 5 minutes of a sitcom and the books as well of course um, and so it, it is it definitely when you've got a when you've got a way of setting up your <laughs> story like that well you've, yeah. got, you've got to use it my name is Earl is uh, d- does does that very well? Yeah, especially if you've got a really high concept yeah. um, like that, you you that's one way of doing it. Another option I would say for a pilot is is the newcomer, very, and very common way, that very one, common way, works. which we did with Bluestone actually, yeah. because we although we, we we shot one newcomer in the head, and the other newcomer was Mary, the new padre, right. who's a little bit of a game changer for Nick, and so there's an element of he can go around and say what everyone's names are. And she, and in one sense, Mary in particular is the most normal of everybody on that base yeah. because she's not been completely inured to the brutalities of being a soldier and the way they talk to each other and swear at each other and beat each other up and all that kind of stuff. So um, there's a good... Uh, so the first episode of Porridge mm-hmm. um, is that Godpur is new to prison whereas Fletcher's been moved to Slade prison and is able to sort of t- teach him through, uh, talk him through. Um, ever-decreasing circles, Martin Bryce walks in and Paul is in the kitchen. Paul is the newcomer and that, you know, nothing will ever be the same again. Um, in Miranda, Gary has returned. You know, that's that's kind of the big, the big news at the start of that. So in one sense, he's not a newcomer, but 
his arrival changes things. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember whether she's just opened her shop or not, but we didn't make a particularly big deal of the shop. Can you remember, Katie? I think she's always had it, hadn't she? Yeah, it was, re- it was relatively recent, and I think her mother was still dealing with the fact that her daughter ran an inconsequential gift shop um, of no great uh, significance. Right. So um, the newcomer is... And then, yeah. so you can combine, you know, the quick setup with the newcomer. So I would say, yes, Minister possibly does that, where he's yeah. just arrived. I mean, and they sort of reboot it almost with, yes, Prime Minister. Yeah. They talk him through what the Prime Minister has to do, but I think they've already got all the characters, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the, char- it's the, the, the character, as ever, is, is uh, the, the, the stronger the characters are, then the, the, the easier maybe it is. Absolutely. Well, the, less, the less introduction they need, because they, they do everything um, straight away. There are yeah. two other options, really, just to work through before we reflect on this blizzard of lists. The opening titles can be made to work really hard yeah. for you and explain everything that the audience needs to know. So in Veep... I mean, you probably know what a VP is anyway, vice president. But in 15 seconds, everything you need to know, you've got this sort of graph going up. Yeah. Oh, is she going to be president? Graph going down. Oh, no, she's going to be vice president. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. that kind of... It, yeah. it's, it's sort of 50... It's very British in many ways. It's not a surprise that there's a British team behind that show mm-hmm. because it's, it, is, it is a comedy of disappointment. Um, and then, you know, and we sort of all know that the, the, the vice president job is a sort of a non-job. Yeah. And you don't really need any more setup than that mm. because the White House is already in our heads. Mm-hmm. Everything's already there. Yeah. Um, the other way you can do um, one of the great opening sequences of all time has to be the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which uh, which for me was inspired by uh, I remember as a kid uh, the Beverly Hillbillies was oh. one I loved, and that 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 did the same thing. It had the story, the song about this man yeah. named Jed, Paul Mountaineer, kept his family fair. I mean, you know, I can remember the... Oil, parents. that is. Yes. Black gold. Black gold. Texas, yes. yeah. They used uh, to show that on Channel 4 when I was growing up. The black right. and white original yeah. versions. And, I, you know, that, that, that was a great, such a great uh, intro to a show. It just did, um, it, it did all the work. And I can't remember, I really cannot remember anything about the show. I do know that I used to watch it a lot. Yeah, but, all I can remember is the opening titles. Yeah. And the same with The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, it's just it's all exact, there. It was exactly you know, the same. You're going to stay with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air. Yeah. Are you too young to remember uh, no, The Fresh no, Prince? No, I was thinking about it. Yeah, today I was with my friend from Philadelphia, and it always goes through my head. But also Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, that opening titles. Have you seen it? Yeah. Not yet, no, no. It just tells the whole story in... Um, so it's an interview with a neighbour who saw these women coming out of this cult basement... And they've turned it to like a viral, you know, the YouTube yeah. that's yeah. by the news. Although even so, then, the pilot episode, which I watched, thanks to having Netflix now, yeah. um, <laughs> that was that, that the whole, there was a good 10, 15 minutes of, of that story in the pilot, wasn't it? It was quite a long, uh, of, of how they kind of yeah, get then, to where they... But then I do think for the subsequent episodes, you're there by the time... Yeah. By the time you have the first seconds of titles, it's that whole song, and yeah. you bang into it. That's and right. you, you sort of get that with the rest of development, don't you? Because the first episode is where he tries to leave and then yeah. he discovers they all need him to keep, you know. And then yeah. subsequent episodes, this is a story about a family who lost everything and a son who needs to keep, you know, mm. to keep them all together. 
Soap was another good one. Do you remember Soap? The Americans. I only remember spoof. the theme tune. I can, yeah. <laughs> I, can, yeah. I can remember the theme tune of every TV program I've ever watched. So that's for not really a... And that's kind of. Uh, 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 and it was funny because the more it developed, the more the joke was. Yes, and this is and, and blah blah said uh, who's who's married to him, who's having an affair with her, who's doing the, the, the and they're all and then and there's a kind of a photo shop, family. They're all yeah. gather for the family shop and they all stop beating each other up during the the shot. So that that's uh, that that does that as well, doesn't it? I remember um, it wasn't quite te- it wasn't quite technically setting up the show, but allo allo went through a phase, it might have been when they did 24 in a row, 24 episodes in 24 weeks, where René Artois would sit and talk to camera about what had happened the week before, because it was sort of this ongoing saga right. of preposterous kind of uh, proportions. Um, so, uh, an awful, you know, I think we underestimate how hard a, th- a theme tune and an opening title sequence could work for you. And then the, the the then the ballsiest thing of all, really, is to have your entire show in the title yeah. of the show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my family will do. That's all right. Yes. That sort of tells you that there isn't that much of a concept there, really. Yeah. Um, my parents are aliens, which is a, which was a kids show, but that again tells you what you need to know. I mean, even stuff like you know, dinner ladies. Uh, it's about dinner ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not that much else. To know, yeah. keep. I mean, keeping up appearances, things like that, which just sort of yeah. give you a sense of what they're. My wife next door. That was a. a oh really? Okay. Seventies right. My mother the car <laughs> as well, which is <laughs> always referred to by American writers as the worst <laughs> sitcom of all time. Um, are you aware of this one, Katie? No, no. No, it, it is. I think it's often held up as the worst sitcom ever, and I think it ran for about four or five episodes before it was cancelled. It was a story about someone, about a, about a guy whose mother died and her, and her spirit <laughs> entered into a car, his, their car, which then talked to him through the car. Yes, yeah. That's they, yeah. they broadcast it. They, made, they wrote it, they made it, they broadcast it. Um, there's a sort of a reference to it in um, an episode of The Simpsons where Grandpa Simpson dies in some, you know, imagined event because he doesn't obviously die and then his spirit enters a grandfather clock or something like that so it's sort of constantly kicked in popular culture in America for being the worst sitcom of all time well makes me think now you're mentioning titles and and the the, the subject matter so haunt me yes Uh, a man is haunted by a ghost who's Jewish yes so haunt me (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) that was um, I remember that show being on I quite quite enjoyed it it was a Paul Mendelssohn show I think yeah Um, but yeah it was a pretty high concept in some ways wasn't it that's a great great uh, (laughs) great idea (laughs) just uh, the idea it sort of sounded like the sort of thing my 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 fa- not my family, but mm. my personal your family. Your actual family. My actual family. Yes. Is but, uh, um, so, so in one sense, yeah. it's worth, and I think, there are, so therefore, what we're trying to show is there are so many ways to show what your show is without having to tell the audience on the nose who everyone is, where they came from, where they went to school, what their favourite colour is, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. You want to show where they're going. And... Any high concept that you need to explain, like with Kimmy Schmidt, you can you can do an episode of it, but actually you can wrap it up fairly quickly. 
it was a one-off, but I think they wanted to be serious, was Eddie Izzard's sitcom called Cows, mm. which had a really funny opening title about how the cow got the vote. So I think it was the funniest thing in the show. Mm. They had all this, all this sort of grainy footage as if it was like the suffragette movement or something, right. and how the cows managed to... Uh, you know, <laughs> improve their conditions by voting, right. and they, you know, cows could talk and that kind of stuff. But it was very short, actually, yeah. and it got the show up and running very quickly. Mm. Um, but um, you sort of get the idea um, very quickly from the title, from how the show looks. So I think getting hung up on backstory is is almost always a horrible mistake. It's worth it's worth watching a few pilots, isn't it? There are some pilots, and particularly some of the sort of classic American pilots are. They they just with they really are with hindsight. You can watch these shows and just go, wow! They've got every everything that that came in the next hundred, two hundred and fifty episodes of that sitcom is in that pilot. Mm. And the one, I mean, I. I Think of Frasier as the, the sort of classic one, and Cheers. You, you. Paul Mayhew Archer yeah. um, always makes people watch the opening episode of Cheers, which you will probably find on YouTube somewhere. Um, and that is a fantastic setup episode because it does have elements of backstory to it, but the whole thing is going forward. You, you, you find out that Sam Malone used to be is a ladies' man, used to be a baseball pitcher for a team, and now he runs a bar. And you know, there's Diane and all that kind of stuff. I think it, it's. And it's, it sort of does it in two scenes. The whole episode is, is only two, three, four scenes. Quite a lot of their episodes are only really... Scenes. If, if you're really being fussy about it, I, I watched a whole lot of episodes last year. I remember thinking, well, hang on. What time of day is this now? Because you've just given the impression that it was afternoon and now some people have come back from the opera. Yeah. What? The opera in the afternoon is that you know what I mean? Is that kind of? I think they played a matinee course. performance. A ma- right? Yes, as well. They didn't say yeah. it was a matinee, so yeah. yeah. Um, but because um, yeah, Frasier is great because that's and obviously he's a character that that was known anyway. So it starts with a bit of an advantage, but even then, the way that the the character is set up, it's in a completely new setting, and it's beautifully done. The opening scene is where he's. At his radio microphone. Yes, I'm listening, and somebody, someone phones him and talks about the problem of dealing with changes, and then he delivers this uh, two minute monologue about how his whole life has changed, and he he talks about he, he basically sets up the whole story, gets all the back story out of the way, all the exposition, and it's and there's a it's a little bit of pathos in there, it's a little quite moving, and it's quite sad and quite funny, some good jokes, and then it finishes. And at the end of it, he says to the guy, whatever the guy's called, John, John, where are you? Where are you? And cuts to Roz in, in the uh, booth, and she says, uh, we, we, we cut to the adverts 30 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's such a... It sets up... Uh, the, the punchline to that scene is, he's doing this, and he's crap at it. Yeah. And that's kind of uh, so much of what you need to know about Frasier. And that's yeah, and he's, and he's also so self-obsessed. He didn't... Yeah. He wasn't listening... And that uh, they cut to commercials, and he didn't, re- you know, he didn't really. There are so that that joke works on so many levels yeah. in so many ways that mm. really does set up the show uh, so beautifully. Mm. Um, the other show, um, talk to Andrew Ellard, a great knowledgeable man about sitcom mm. and how they work. He will wax lyrical about the first seven lines of Friends. 
Yeah. Um, or the first scene of Friends is essentially contains the entire series yeah. and all future series in those first few lines where yeah. every single character, their first line is absolutely bang on. It starts with Chandler, doesn't it? Telling a, explaining a dream, I think. Uh, I can't remember. And, uh, I, I, it's, and he said then telephone rings but it's his penis is his telephone <laughs> and it rings and it's his mother yeah and he picks up his penis and it's his mother talking and uh, and, and and then he he does a obvious sort of funny joke away from that and then and we meet joey and we meet all the we meet all the characters uh in central perk yeah and they're all talking about their lives. We meet, well, we meet five of the characters, and and get to, every every line is a joke about their characters and the characters that we know about them. Phoebe is mad, mm. Joey is uh, cool, ladies man, ladies man. Ross is uh, he's a geek, morbid, paleontologist, yeah. And and then three minutes in, Rachel walks in in full bridal gear and you know just it's a great it's fantastic visual gag yeah uh, we'll talk about visual gags at some point I'm sure um, and um, you know that that's set it all up here she is Rachel she's a, she's come to New York and that's so much of what it's about and it's all there like say in the opening two three minutes yeah and the and therefore I think what we're sort of saying is to round things off a little bit is that you Every single line has to count. Every single moment has to be showing who the characters are and what the show is. And so therefore you need, and we'll come on to this in future episodes, you need tons and tons and tons of storyline ideas and set-up ideas and ideas that show what your show is going to be. And so uh, Richard Hurst and I have been writing a pilot script for a, a show and we just churn through dozens and dozens and dozens of ideas many of which we thought oh that would make a really good episode but it's not a first episode oh that would be really good but and there's too much action that takes place outside of the main sets that would be a really good episode there's an outsider in it who we don't want uh, that would be good uh, that would be good but it just feels a bit me you want something a bit stronger for a first episode that really and it you know we went through must have been 70 80 ideas uh, long and short ideas and uh, eventually we hit upon stuff which we thought, yeah, that is exactly showing what all of the main relationships are within the show and in a way that makes it likeable and relatable and all that kind of business. And um, and the only way to be in that position is just to have tons and tons and tons of ideas which relate to your characters and we'll... We'll, we'll talk that. about that, actually. We'll make that one of our next uh, podcasts will be How Do You Generate Ideas? Generating that's, that's Ideas. definitely an episode yeah. on its own. Um, so, yeah, so just just in conclusion then, uh, pilots, make sure you've got lots and lots of ideas, as you say. And, and try and keep that backstory to an absolute minimum. If you've got to use a backstory, find a funny, clever way of doing it. Do it as fast as possible oh, yeah. so that you can use your backstory to launch your characters forward as far and as fast as possible. And watch watch pilot episodes of shows that you like. Cheers, Friends, Frasier, Porridge, yeah. Ever Decreasing Circles, uh, Veep, uh, whatever. And yeah. watch, watch and learn. Yeah. That's a great idea. Okay, well, I think that covers 
doing your pilot episodes for now so any comments or questions uh, please get in touch with us you can email us and the email address is sitcomgeeks at gmail.com that's sitcomgeeks at gmail.com and for more sitcom thoughts from us you can follow the original sitcom geek himself which is James (laughs) he's got an excellent uh, blog called sitcomgeek.blogspot.com Dot com, which we'll is just, Google Sitcom Geek. Yeah. Okay. And uh, James is uh, gathering a lot of these thoughts into uh, an excellent, uh, soon-to-be-published book. What's the, what's the book called? Uh, I can't remember. It's not like how to write that sitcom something, or something. Yeah, write like that, that sitcom. Isn't writing it? Yeah, that sitcom yeah. or something yeah, like so that. So remember when the uh, Hollywood writes a purchase for <laughs> how to write that sitcom by James Carey, you heard about it first here on Sitcom Geeks. <laughs> The worst movie in the world based on yeah. how to write a sitcom book. You didn't like My Mother the Car. You will love writing that sitcom starring Tom Hanks yeah. as the narrator. Yeah. Um, yeah, so James, you're on Twitter, aren't you? At Sitcom Geek. I'm right. at, at, Cohen, at Cohen Dave. That's me. And um, you can read my blog as well, davecohen.org, or get my book How to Be Averagely Successful at Comedy which I have personally read and is excellent oh you're too kind the show was produced by Katie Katie Story thank you very much for that thank you to Rushforth Media for hosting the recording of this podcast until next time goodbye